Happy Thursday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Rocketeer Minute where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And back with us is Alex. Alex Robinson from the Star Wars Minute. Yes, that's me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rocketeer Minute. <laughs> Which Alex has seen three whole minutes of, and we are in minute two of his uh, his existential experience with, uh, with the Rocketeer. This is the so, Empire Strikes Back of my minutes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> this is the dark and, dark and scary one. So, uh, so we start back where we left off uh, yesterday with uh, a, a hairy pinky tapping along to... Uh, well, Hal, you must know what, what opera is this. <laughs> First of all, I just I want to register my protest against the repeated use of the phrase "hairy pinky." It just makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> but otherwise, uh, yeah. So, uh, so the aria that you're hearing uh, hearing sung through the radio there is from Act Two of Mozart's uh, "Die Zauberflöte," otherwise known as the Magic Flute, ah. and. Uh, and that's all I got. There we go. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's excellent. That's so, my uh, contribution to this minute, I think. Yeah, and uh, you know, Alex, being from uh, the Star Wars minute, uh, has, <laughs> has has much experience with disembodied hands floating through the air. Uh, <laughs> Although they're uh, often right hands, as I recall. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, so he uh, he's reaching across to uh, tone down the uh, the the noise to uh, back when people used to answer their own phones. Right. Uh, and when they use knobs to contr- control the volume of things. Yeah, yeah. And when their phone and their music came from two different places. Yeah. <laughs> That's really uh, weird that he's just sitting in a chair. I guess, is that what people did back in olden times? He's just sitting in a chair eating cucumber sandwiches, listening yes. to like an opera or something? With the crust cut off. With the no, crust cut off, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's and, and just looking at the red glow from the neon outside the window. That's and just drinking tea, I guess, I assume. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it looks uh, rather civilized. Uh, it also feels like a callback to uh, to the movie Airport with the crust cut off there on the sandwiches. But <laughs> I know that was uh, legendary in, in Airport. Yeah. Is that the theme of your the, the movies you're going to cover? Is all ones that feature sandwiches I, I, with crust cut off? I think I'm going to have to work that in some, somewhere. This will be the Hitchcockian role of uh, sandwiches with a crust cut off. So I guess Moonraker Moonraker is next with Hugo Tracks. I think would have to do. <laughs> Wow. So, can I press you to a cucumber sandwich? Um, gosh, one thing I miss from, from those days, look at that. It's it's almost like gutta percha, the thickness of the uh, telephone cord. You could you could throttle somebody with that pretty, oh, yeah. pretty darn good. It's uh, nice, uh, solid, almost leathery. And it's uh, – that it does seem like a comfortable chair, though. It's a pretty wide chair for a oh, guy. Sure. Well, we haven't seen him, but – it's right up there with Blue's Cruise in terms of uh, knowing that the actor is called Tiny Ron. Ironically, then uh, yeah. you know it does it does look comfortable, and that big phone cord that's very much like the. Uh, I mean, from my nerdy perspective, I look at that and I think of the big sort of cloth wiring harnesses you find in airplanes of the day. I, most of my favorite airplanes to fly are from the actually from this era, from the 30s and 40s, and uh, you don't you know you don't see those big heavy-duty cloth-covered covered wires anymore unless it's a really, really faithful restoration. Uh, did the, uh, I, I don't know, did the David Clark, uh, Clarks of the day, use the, use those kind of things for plugins for... Um, oh, for uh, headsets? For headsets, yeah. Sure. I was just wondering. Yeah, the airplane I grew up flying had, uh, had cloth-covered uh, headset cable and then a 
just a big leather band across the top and these two hard rubber cushions. And then there was a separate handheld, you didn't have a boom mic, you had a separate handheld microphone for the radio that was Bakelite and it made this great little squeaky noise when you push the button. Alex, we are of we are of slightly different ages, but did you grow up with a rotary phone? Did you have a rotary phone in your house? Uh, yes, when I was when I was very young, we had one. I remember, um, but mostly we had the push button one. We probably, uh, yeah, I think mostly we had the push button one. But I do remember the uh, the uh, hours and hours spent when you'd have to wait, you know, as the dial went all the way yeah. back around, like you know, probably maybe three months out of my life was so the the big question alex do you remember did you take your finger out or did you give it a free ride back to home base um after you would dial that was a george carlin thing he was always wondering that from people i would probably i think i would take my finger out yeah um i was lazy i just i let it ride just let it ride yeah I've been if I if I had one and I tried to do it, I I think I would probably do it the same way, and my instinct would be that I would. But who knows? You know, I was a kid back then too, so I might have been like decades of muscle memory would come right back. Yeah. Uh, And Alex, you grew up not too far from where I lived, and I was in Putnam County, New York. Hmm. And uh, I don't know in your childhood if they still had it, but in my childhood, everybody in the town I lived in Brewster, and everybody in that town. You didn't have to dial the first three digits of your seven-digit number. You only had to dial the last four. Were you, had that moved on by the time? Wow, no, I do not. Uh, that was oh. – um, we had, like, yeah, two exchanges, but I don't remember ever having just four digits. That's wow. super awesome. Yeah, it was it, it was super pathetic because the uh, – the the reason that well we didn't have dialed we didn't have touchtone phones because it wasn't available because they didn't have the newer switches that could handle touchtone so mm-hmm. the the upside of it was you didn't have to dial as many numbers but you, that was you know where the, I uh, oh, excuse me you know, where I went to college and where I where I worked for several years um, even when I left in ninety five or so so you know, recent ish memory at least to someone my age um, you you would only have to dial five digit phone numbers. Because there was two prefixes, so you dialed the third oh, digit of the prefix and then the four after that, and uh, and then of course you know I lived for many many years in in Western Washington near Seattle, so not too far from where you are, Alex. And um, remember when new area codes started popping up, and then that just accelerated, and it just got to a point where everybody just has a ten-digit phone number. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you have to know what the area code is, right? Whether it's you know where, whichever suburb it is, and then moving several years ago out to the the midwest a smaller town here in wisconsin it's weird to just hear people give normal phone numbers nobody gives the area code because there's really just i think there's two in the whole state something like that yeah Uh, rhode island is similar to that there's a they 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 start typing in the 401 and if if you go to a you know a cvs or something like that and they ask you for your phone number you start giving them the phone number and they've already typed in for when you go no i'm I'm not from around here you'll have to put this in at the front yeah it, it it the the rotary phone reminded me of uh, when when my kids were growing up. We were living in Virginia, and uh, I had a uh, I had an old rotary phone in our basement. It was a playroom for the kids, and uh, my my son had a friend come over, and uh, he my son wanted to know if he could stay for dinner. I said, "Well, have him call his mom and let you know find out if, if it's okay." I said, "There's a phone downstairs," and the kid went downstairs and came back up and said, "I don't know how that works." And, <laughs> 
that seemed to have been the breaking point of rotary versus although i th- i think they still sell like the fisher price things i think they still sell a a, a rotary version i don't know if the kids know that, that actually is supposed to be a phone anymore but right because it's not a square piece of, or a rectangular piece of glass yeah well, of course this was this was back when people actually remembered phone numbers so it's yeah, yeah. that's true i had a big uh, like my last home office i had a big uh, red rotary style phone on it but without the dial that would just light up when it rang and then I had that wired to a bat signal that would flash ah. on the ceiling. So anytime the phone rang, the red light would flash, the bat signal would be on the ceiling, and I'd, I'd answer feeling really important. Wow. So, so this and, is getting uh, a little off the track, but... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go, wait, go, go. wait, there's a track? There's, why wasn't I informed? Go right ahead, Alex. I was just going to wonder, like, uh, you know, when you go to jail, uh, I... I keep my brother's phone number memorized because if I ever go to jail and I have to call him, I at least have one number that I know where I can reach somebody. But So what do they do nowadays when everyone is... Uh, hmm. No one memorizes That's phone good. numbers anymore. If you go to jail and you say, I want my one phone call, do they let you use your phone or do they just... Uh, are you just, you know... They might uh, they might look up the number for you. That's about the best thing I could think of. Oh, like, like they'll That's look a, at your phone and you'll have to... But yeah, so you might... tell them look up the so-and-so contact and... Right, but hmm. uh, but that's a good question. You know, I was I was actually in law enforcement for several years, a couple of careers ago, but that was uh, I got out of that really right before cell phones, so my yeah. experience is useless. Of course, if you unlocked your phone, that would give them an unlocked phone. They could look at your texts, their exactly. your texts and things, so and emails and whatever. Hmm. So, and Alex, I got to tell you, if you think Phone Minute, uh, which we're doing right now, is exciting, <laughs> you should have joined us for Vacuum Cleaner Minute. Yeah, we, we were. That we're was uh, that was some so epic we, podcasting. I think Jim I would that agree. Sucks. Oh, uh, ouch! <laughs> ouch a lot. Wow. So, so we go we go from the rotary phone, the nicely lit uh, Dunkin' Donuts colors uh, rotary phone, to the uh, the bean field where a locked chain is being uh, hammered into the ground onto a onto a stake. Uh, good solid, good solid hits on those uh, on those sledgehammers, and uh, we follow the chain back to uh, poor old Lindy, who's been uh, cut down from the uh, from the flying school. Right. And uh, we had talked about we talked about the Lindy statue in a previous minute. Uh, PV and Cliff are assuming the positions out there in the middle of the bean field. Beautifully lit, by the way. I, I like the way they've got those lights set up so that it looks like it's coming from the head the headlight. Um. Of the uh, of the Ford pickup truck, and uh, a nice camera move and rack of focus of they're down with a good solid Universal Studios uh, Frankenstein styled uh, knife switch, ready to go to test out the this first uh, this first scene of the of the rocket actually being launched on purpose. So. so so here's a quick question for both of you guys: Have either of you ever turned something on using one of those switches? Um, the only thing I could possibly think of would be like a model train set. Ah, yeah, that's a good point. I was because it, you know, you look at it, I, I can tell you exactly what it feels like. Like maybe I must have used one, but I couldn't think of what it was for. But you know, model trains would be probably just about the closest thing. I can't think of anything so, else. But now I need to go get one and connect it to something. So <laughs> just that, that, that gentle the friction signal. as the as the as the yeah as the contacts hit that that gentle friction as you feel feel it connect right. Does it really need to be a double pole? I was just wondering about why. Well, I guess that's extra safety of having both both circuits being aligned. But really, you only need just one one knife to close the circuit. But it looks. I, I think this is what you're expecting in a movie. You want a double pole um, knife switch. Absolutely, double pole but, knife switch. Yeah. 
in, you, in the notes you prepared, um, oh, I assume it was you, uh, that you passed along, it was referred to as a guillotine switch. Yes. It, that, it also, uh, it's, also, it's also known as a, as a guillotine switch. It's just generally a knife shape uh, in this. I think it's called a guillotine because it looks like a guillotine when it's in the open position. That makes sense. So, and it just has that nice slapping, you know, tug of uh, you get. There's a bit of finality as it hits the contacts at the bottom. I guess you don't you don't have to worry like with a push button. You're never sure. Did I push it far enough? Did it hit the thing? You you, you actually have a good visual indicator and that and that nice tactile feel of the the circuits closing. Um. So so Jim, have you ever? Uh, have you ever zoomed in close on the uh, the big spool of wire that they've run out to connect to the switch? I'm just uh, looking at it here at like second 40 or so, and it's it looks like it just says, you know, wire company, presumably. Wire company, maybe something, you know, Los Angeles, California. But I don't, yeah, I, I don't see like there's a name before wire company. So really, was was that the name of the company that made wire? Was it, were maybe, they just wire company? Maybe it was the wire company of Los Angeles, California. Like yeah, we're missing the a, of? And a, and a the they're like before yeah. the wire, which we can't really see. Yeah, so. it's uh, again, it's it, it, Joe Johnson and his appreciation for freeze framing. <laughs> exactly, um, seems to be putting in so many noodles on this thing. It's just a lot, lots to lots to peel through. The uh, and I guess Alex, this is your first view of the of the rocket, which differs significantly from the uh, the Dave Stevens version. This is a a two barrel versus yeah. the uh, the single barrel that he had. It's more fit style. Yeah, I have to relate everything to Star Wars in order to understand. <laughs> well, you can think of it as dual in the cells if you want to bring it back to a, a Trek or something. Um, I do like that uh, that uh, Lindy is wearing a jod. They all seem to be wearing the uh, the calf length boots, which I, oh, of course, I no well dressed aviator of the day would uh, would show up without them. Is that uh, is there a problem with rudder control that you would want to have high boots on? I, I, I'm not sure what the uh, what the purpose is in an aviation shoe setting. Uh, you know the 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 jodhpurs themselves. That's really just was just about style and everything else. And my assumption was always that the boots were to control the pants so that you didn't get them tangled. Because a lot of the older airplanes of the day, the control cables were just open and exposed. And so as you're sitting in the cockpit, you have cables moving on both sides of you and down around your feet. So my assumption was always, well, the boots will make sure that, that no loose fabric you know, gets snagged and something like that. The, the no khakis in the cables rule. I get it. Yes, okay. exactly. Yes. Um, they teach you that at first, the first day of yeah. flying school. <laughs> here are your pants. And here are your yes. pants. Here's your pants. Here's the keys to the airplane. Alan Arkin looks especially ready to go here. He seems to be very excited about this take. Um I don't know if this is this the last shot of the evening. Is that why they're so excited that it's like we get this done and then we can leave? Well, it's kind of funny because he's uh, it, it's nice to see the you know the character so excited about this because for a large part up to this point you know Cliff's been dragging him along and he's had to sort of talk him into this whole escapade and doing anything with this uh, this found rocket. But it's uh, you know once it starts to work, PV's more in his element. He's he's stoked about it. Yeah. Now, I know that, that that first shot, when we're watching the ignition, that first shot is actually done with a cable on on a large crane being lifted up in the air. I do not, uh, I, I have been trying to figure out how they do the thing where it's rotating. The, uh, I've wondered that too. And is there, 
It's, you know, is there an, another cable on top of it, and it's just keeping that other cable taut? And how how are they rotating it? It's got to be you know something yeah, like a crane, but it's it's a floor effect. It's not CGI, so this is quite an interesting uh, effect. Uh, you know, you can watch you can watch it going in and out of the uh, the spotlight there. Yeah, and you know, uh, there's there's nothing to suggest that uh, that it's not happening. As you said, it's floor effect. It's not happening right in front of these guys. It's everything looks like they're sitting there watching this, and that you know. Probably the magic is happening just in the dark up, up above. So you uh, guys don't know how this was done? Is that what I'm guessing? We, yeah, we don't. We this? don't. Well, I know the the first that first shot when we're first watching the ignition and he takes off. That's done on a cable crane, and that was yeah. that was shown in a little. They had like a, a behind the scenes thing that was done for ABC back when the movie came out. But they never explain how the how that looping circle was done. I mean, it really lo- does look like the thrust is pushing it. You know, pushing it into this big roll around and around in the sky. Although, Alex, I, I never like to uh, acknowledge that I don't know something. I, <laughs> yeah. I like to feel like we're we're interested in exploring how this was done. I think that puts a much happier spin on it. Well, I was going to say that, that perhaps this is actually a miniature and that it's, oh, that at this point the chain is a wire like and the, the thing at the end is just a very light but I don't know how they would do the fire and stuff you know what I mean yeah yeah the yeah, fire that... is really good for that and and if it is a, a if it is a miniature boy it's composited really really well just with the, you just see the tops of of uh, Alan Arkin and, and uh, Billy yeah. Campbell's heads there the compositing it was would be surprisingly good but but not impossible yeah now wh- when uh Alex I know uh have, when you were, you know, when you were growing up, uh, when uh, the uh, the Rocketeer first came out, the the novel, uh, mm-hmm. how, do you remember your first your first viewing of that? I mean, when when it first when it first came out in the eighties. Uh, I don't. I mean, I definitely remember the book. I don't remember it being like the kind of thing. Where the first time I saw it, I was uh, you know, like especially. I just Dave Stevens was a uh, beautiful artist and. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, he could draw especially pretty-looking ladies. So, um, you know, he definitely had gorgeous art. That's definitely what made an impression on me. And also the fact that it was this kind of period, you know, I wasn't sure whether this was a adaptation of an old property or whether this was something he was making, you know, making up or, or yeah. whatever. But because um, it definitely had the authentic feel of like a, you know, look and feel of a 30s-type character. Did uh, did you ever want to explore that that kind of uh, that kind of art that that he was doing the the, the cheesecake modeling uh, the 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 modeled images rather than more of a cartoonish style I mean he he did really that that whole look that he was doing there the it's almost like a Vargas look of uh, uh, of styling a lot of uh, a lot of uh, very gentle uh, shadows and then you know followed by harsh shadows in the midst of it all I mean it it. it it seems to be. I mean, it, it's reminiscent of a lot of art of the time of the '30s and '40s. But he also made it a lot of his his own, more like a. It, it wasn't as it wasn't as crude as some of the some like like uh, we had uh, Brian Fees on uh, mm-hmm. earlier this week, and uh, he talked about how this was not the cartoon art of the time. If you if you looked at you know comic books of the '30s and '40s, they didn't look at all like that. They looked rather crude and. Uh, oh yeah. Um, but this this had almost a you know pinup pinup art quality to it yeah he definitely had a, a um anyone who could anyone who could draw as well as dave stevens could would not have been uh puttering around in the nickel and dime world of comics he would have been doing you know illustrations for magazines and you know comics were the bottom of the barrel at that point yeah. in the 
So uh, I, I personally do not have the artistic chops he does to be able to do that kind of, uh, you know, very uh, realistic, but yet uh, cart- cartoonish exaggeration enough to make it interesting, but generally realistic looking uh, art. And uh, so I just, I, uh, it's, it's actually nice in a way because I can just sit back and be amazed by it as opposed to feeling any feelings of uh, competitive jealousy or something. Yeah, it, it's amazing. I, I I was surprised at how few examples of Dave Stevens' art there were. I, di- I didn't realize he had such a short It wasn't a short career, but he wasn't a very prolific um, artist. Yeah, I think he was, was such slow. a prolific oh, Go ahead, Alex. No, I think he was just very slow. I think that was his, uh, you know, I think the Rocketeer comic itself took like, it's fairly short. And, I, you know, it took him a, a wow. few years to do. So I think just because you know he has such an immaculate style that I think he was tended to be on the slower side, which in the comics biz is not a good uh, you know it's tough to make it unless you can do uh, yeah. you know quantity of pages very quickly. It's still I mean it, it it's it's interesting seeing the new the new generation of people doing Rocketeer. They're trying to approach his uh, his way his uh, drawing style, but I would imagine that it, it, it's kind of self defeating in that you have to spend that kind of time to 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 do a quality work like that just panel after panel trying to trying to build that stuff up must be incredible it's hard to fake yeah well we're gonna we're gonna leave uh pv and cliff uh watching lindy circling <laughs> circling the bean field here as uh, however as it's happening yeah however <laughs> wh- whatever's causing it we'll just assume that it's a big jet pack that uh some rich guy made out in california that's probably the easiest um, thing yeah let's let's uh let's pick this up tomorrow and we'll uh we'll finish up the week join us alex and uh let's uh in the meantime for folks listening in check us out on social media we're available in all the usual locations uh twitter rocketeer minute uh, facebook the rocketeer minute uh, the rocketeers uh, bulldog cafe where you can join the join in the fray uh we've also got a great big site rocketeerminute.com where you can pick up cool swag and uh, and copies of this movie so you can actually catch up and watch watch the movie along with us so uh, join us here as we finish out the week tomorrow on the rocketeer minute and until then over and out Go get him, kid.